All right, my coffee's already cold, and we are reading This Isn't What It Looks Like, book number four of the Sirit, Sirit, oh my gosh, Secret Series by Pseudonymous Bosch. Chapter six, we're on page 154. <laughs> Max Ernest couldn't have been in a worse mood. Reading the pure, reading the pure-loined book that hadn't happened helped him get any closer to reading Cass's mind. As far as he was concerned, the second sight, seeing with your third eye in four easy steps, may as well have been written by someone who's had really three eyes that were three-eyed was that silly. After the particular book proved to be a little of little value, he managed to rescue his parents permission rescue his parents permission to comb through some other books on the shelves. The imminent arrival of Max Ernest's baby brother seemed to have made them relax their guard. Just can't keep an eye out for any baby how-to books we might have missed, said his father. Let us know if you see any more books about raising babies, said his mother. They're annoying. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, not only are they being hella rude to him and saying, like, he's all messed up, but they're, like, literally saying the same thing. Like, can you guys think for yourself? Max Ernest sat on the office floor. And they floor. had him as a child. No, yeah. Max Ernest sat on the f- office floor for hours, reading book after book on, not on babies, but on extra sensory perception. Some logical and scientific, but most too fantastical for his taste. And he learned a fair amount about fascinating trivia. By location, for instance, was a condition of being in two places at once. Just as he's often had to be with his parents living in separate places oh that's just like what Cass is she's in two places at once her body's in the hospital but she's at her spirit is in another place dowsing was a form of divination that involved the use of wire pendulums put this out of the way wire pendulums on a locating on a missing missing object he wondered whether miss johnson's using the magnet to locate the tuning fork would count and scrying, which was using an object such as a crystal ball or a mirror to see far, far away events, which is pretty much what you're doing when you're watching television, television, said Max Ernest as he reflected. Not all that impressive. There were many theories about the hows and whys and wherefores and ment- of mental telepathy. But it all sounded more or less like hogwash to Max Ernest. And in any case, he found no instructions for reading the mind of a comatose girl. Most of, what he re- most of what he read advised him to start looking into someone's eyes. Cass's were closed. Studying that person's facial expressions, Cass made very few. Or listening to her voice, Cass was pretty much silent. Why do they call it mind reading if it's not seeing or mind hearing? Your mind seeing or mind hearing, Max Ernest wondered. If all they can tell you if all they can tell you is to look and listen. A master decoder and a puzzle solver, Max Ernest was used to finding a single key, a set of rules, and a rubric with a rubric I don't even know how to say that word. Oh my gosh. In which to solve any problem that confronted him. The books advised him to rely on his intuition, which frustrated him greatly. What's an intuition anyways? He grumbled to himself. An intuition is nothing. It's a hunch. It's not logical. It has no basis on anything. 
I don't have intuitions. I have ideas. His reading did lead to a couple unexpected discoveries, however. The first involved Mrs. Johnson's magnet pendant. One of the so-called magical objects that Max Ernest read about was Lodstrom, and naturally occurring magnet. He thought he he thought Miss Johnson's pendant looked like a stone, and now he is sure of it that it was the information used in some way. Somehow he doubted that he could wake up Cass by waving a rock around her face. The other discovery involved a kick me sign, which helped, which the help Why of a book called an open this mind. Yeah. Max Ernest was finally able to decode the message on the back. Negativity is your enemy. The book advised him. Remember the N word. It's a dirty word. Just say no, no. Cut off, cut it out of your vocabulary. Max Ernest had no intention of cutting the word no from his vocabulary. It was, it was one of his favorite words, but he could cut the N word out of the, of the coded message, the N words out of the coded messages. He thought bring olives, not N words. Perhaps it meant cut all the N words out of the words containing N of out of the messages. All right. So when he did so warning L train Lord, Far changing brings olives, not n words. No, ord olives. No, Lord Fair olives. Lord Pharaoh lives. Oh, yep. He was like playing with the words. Lord Pharaoh lives. Max Ernest experienced only a brief satisfaction at the, what, the puzzle he had solved before growing angry. What kind of message was this? It was like something you'd see on a bathroom wall. Elvis lives. My favorite sports team was rock band, whatever rules. It was a slogan, not a real message. One thing was certain. It wasn't from Pietro. Come to think of it. Lord Pharaoh isn't going to die this time. Lord Pharaoh's the bad guy, remember? That made the. um, No, he's he's not going to die this time. Oh, okay. He said, it said, Lord Pharaoh lives. Yep, I know. One thing that it was certain. Remember, but he's 500 years old. That's what that means. Lord Pharaoh lives. This wasn't from Pietro. Pietro loved a practical joke. He would never put a kick-me sign on Max Ernest's back. Pietro was too far heart soft-hearted. It was the mild night sun taunting him. It was the midnight sun taunting him with the name of their alchemist hero, founder Lord Pharaoh. That was only possible. The only possible explanation. The message had no meaning other than to show Max Ernest how close they could get him without his knowing, and that clearly was very close so who put the message on his back was it, that was the question he was asking himself Wait, the next morning yeah as walking through the school instead of thinking about his oral report on jesters and shakespeare's plays for language arts Wait, they were doing okay. kick oh, no. me it said kick me and a, a coat a note that was decoded that says lord pharaoh lives they were doing a shakespeare um, they were doing a Shakespeare unit in preparation for the Renaissance Fair. Max Ernest had volunteered to cover his jester, his jesters, oh, to cover jesters, not really in that he meant he was actually supposed to be reading the plays the jesters appeared in. Glob and not Daniel, not Danielle, marginally friendlier now, nodded to him as he passed and then passed the nuts table. The kick me part could have easily, he could easily imagine them writing. But Ancients of the Midnight Sun, not 
not winning ones anyways. The most obvious candidates, really the only candidate, was Amber. Officially, she was the nicest girl in school. Unofficially, she was an agent. Oh yeah, that's true. Although hardly a full-fledged member of the Midnight Sun. By the time he reached Amber sitting in her usual table in the very center of the schoolyard, he had already A, convinced himself that she was a culprit, B, imagined all of the brave and scornful things he would say to her when he saw her, and then C, decided not to confront her after all. It would, it would give her too much satisfaction. Unfortunately, Amber, who usually doesn't relish in talking to Max Ernest any more than he relishes in talking to her, chose this of all mornings to flag him down for a conversation. Max Ernest, hello, come over here. He did his best to act as though he didn't hear her. Alas, Amber would not be put off. Max Ernest, yoo-hoo, I know you can hear me. Ignoring Amber was becoming... How many more pages is this? Oh, yo yoy Okay, this is a big one. Okay. Was was becoming confrontational that more confrontational than answering her would be so max Ernest stopped and turned in her direction but he didn't say anything just waited expressionless very plainly saying yes what do you want across the table from amber her friend veronica watched eager to see what would happen amber smiling widely aren't you even going to say hi um i wasn't planning on it max Ernest replied undaunted amber smiled even wider well i am hi max Ernest. how was your summer what are you, why are you saying hi to me? You don't talk to me. You hate me, said Max Ernest, neutrally. Or is it just because you want to see if I know who left the message, he wondered silently. Come on, all that stuff that happened between us three months ago, can't we be friends? Ask, ask anybody. I'm really nice. Veronica nodded vis- vigorously. She totally is. Some people think I'm the nicest person in the school. Did you know that? Yeah, I did, but that that doesn't mean they're right. Gosh, what did I ever do to you? I mean, seriously. Well, well, let's see. Max Ernest was about to start answering the question, beginning with the time that Amber accused him and Cass of liking each other. Liking, that is, which Max Ernest should feel called more, more than liking, and in which case should never be applied to him and Cass. Continued with the same Amber... At the same time, Amber helped the Midnight Sun capture their friend the homunculus and ending with the kick me sign, but then he thought better of it. I think I know you, he said. I think I think you know, he said. Oh, so now I'm a psychic or something? Amber laughed. Actually, I am. Me and Veronica are doing fortune telling today. We don't want to have to wait till all the, the way to the Ren Fair to find out everybody's future so I can tell you your future. Oh, so can I tell you your future? No. Pretty please? Why? Why not? Are you scared? Max Ernest didn't have the energy to argue. Besides, maybe Amber knew something about the Midnight Sun was what the midnight sun was up to so she might inadvertently reveal something useful if he was allowed if he was allowed her or if he allowed her to read his cards okay but just say so you know i don't believe in this stuff sit max Ernest expected to see a tarot to see tarot cards again but the deck amber shuffled in front of him was a normal playing card deck variety albeit with sparkle albeit with sparkle pink backsides Okay, the first card is a romance card. Let's see if it tells us if you like someone or not. She peeled the card back off the deck. Look, and smiled. Oh no, it's a ten of hearts. That's a big yes. Ten out of ten, totally in love. Who is it, Max Ernest? Don't be shy, you can tell us. It's nobody, said Max Ernest, red-faced. Why did I, con- why did I consent to doing this? 
I must have had a temporary lapse of insanity, he thought. I better have my cerebral cortex examined. There could be damage. What laparoscopic surgery would be in order? Oh, come on. The cards don't lie. Besides, well, we all know who it is. Amber smiled mischievously. Cass, are you listening? A small crowd had gathered around, including, among others, Daniel, Danielle, Daniel, not Danielle, and Glob. Ordinarily, Amber wouldn't have allowed anybody from the nuts table to linger so close, but evidently, this was a special occasion. Cass, I thought you have a not-so-secret... Cass, I think you have a not-so-secret admirer, she called out loud. I think he's ready to propose. Glob, who was sampling a new brand of bubblegum, called, called the volcano called the volcano, laughed so loud that he spit his entire wad of gum, which proceeded to erupt on the asphalt. The next card says what the big next event in your life is, Amber, Amber continued, in not such as loud a voice. What do you guys think it'll be? Will Max Ernest and a certain girl be getting married soon? I won't say who, but she has a, she has a really big, I mean, beautiful ears. What? That's rude. She moved the next card from the top of the deck and studied it. Amber, supposedly the nicest girl in school. Rude. Her face turned serious. Oh, no. Is somebody sick? She asked Max Ernest, sounding distressed. Because this card is the queen of spades. And it means that somebody you love is going to die. Amber scanned the crowd around them. Come to think of it, where's Cass? Did she come to school today? I hope she's okay. Max Ernest felt sick in his stomach. He wanted to say something angry and defiant, but he was unable to speak. Benjamin Blake, who had joined the group for Amber after Amber started telling Max Ernest fortune, stepped forward. May I see that, miss? asked Benjamin in his exaggerated formal way. My name's Amber. Well, then may I please see that card, Miss Amber? What do you mean? What card? asked Amber. The one in your hand, of course. Why? Amber held the card close to her chest, not allowing anybody to see it. Because it's not the Queen of because it's not the Queen of Spades. I don't know who you're why you would make something like that up. Surely you don't think it's amusing that somebody whom Max Ernest cares for would die. Nonetheless, it's a fact that you lied. The card in your hands is a club three of clubs. How would you know? If it's the if it's the Queen, show it to us. Seemingly unable to help herself, Amber peeked at the card in her hands. She was apparently so strong. So startled, she dropped the card on the table. Max Ernest grabbed it before she could. It was the three of clubs. He held it close to see her. Sheesh, Amber, what kind of... That's kind of uncool. Daniel, not Danielle, Danielle piped up unexpectedly after, under his dreadlocks. Yeah, way uncool, agreed Glob. What happened to the whole nicest girl in school thing? He curled two fingers behind... Two fingers of each hand making the international quote signs. He did this, like, the nicest girl in school. Daniel, not not Danielle and Glob, and the half dozen others or so standing around and walked away, shaking their heads. Come on, old chum, time for class, said Benjamin Blake. He pulled the the still reeling Max Ernest away and Amber and Veronica glaring after them. How could you do it? She asked a slightly... How did you do it? Asked a slightly more cheerful... Max Ernest over lunch when they were sitting at the nuts table. This time Benjamin hadn't asked permission to sit. Did you force a card in Amber's deck when she wasn't looking? Benjamin shook his head. I don't even know what that means. You know, it's nice to set up to it. You know, to set it up. 
so she had to take it. She has no choice. Well, then no, I didn't force it, but why? But you did see the cards before she did. You must have. Nope. Do you have a mirror? Nope. Somebody's signaling you? Benjamin shook his head. Max Ernest looked at him, equally impressive and impressed and confused. Then I give up. How did you know what card she was holding? Benjamin smiled mysteriously. A, magi a magician never reveals his trick. You of all the people should know that, Max Ernest. Didn't I hear you wanting to be a magician or a stand-up comedian slash magician or something like that? That's how I know there's no way to do the trick or no regular way. Then maybe... Maybe I really was reading Amber's mind. Have you considered that possibility? Yeah, sure, right, said Max Ernest. When he thought again about Pietro, what Pietro had said, he was way too quick to discount the possibility of real mental telepathy. Pietro had suggested that Max Ernest should be more open to things he didn't understand. Oh my gosh, if he can read minds, he's got to take him to Cass. Yes. Because he's been trying to read minds. Besides, if there's any chance that Benjamin knew something about mind reading, Max Ernest had to found out, find out what it was. Cass's life was on the line. Wait a second. Who told you I wanted to be a magician? Oh, everybody knows. Yeah, but who told you? Like I said, everybody. That's exactly what you said about how Cass knew, how you knew Cass was in the hospital. And maybe everybody knows I want to be a magician, but not everybody knows about Cass. And almost nobody knows that. So what are you trying to say? You're, what am I? What? He couldn't say. He sounded too, it sounded too incredible. Max Ernest decided to try an experiment. You're reading my mind, he thought. He, he thought as clearly as he could. You can actually read minds. Benjamin didn't say anything for a moment, just studied Max Ernest's thoughts. Then he nodded. Yes, old chum, I can. <gasps> did you hear what he did? Yes. Ernest, Max Ernest scared there was proof. If any, any more were needed, you don't need to look so surprised. It's just... Like your friend Pietro says about things that appear magic. It's not that your mental telepathy cannot be explained. It's just that it, it hasn't been explained yet. Don't tell me you read. Don't tell me. You read that in my mind too? Benjamin nodded. Max Ernest shook his head in amazement. Okay, explain telepathy then. Does your brain have something to do with your synesthesia? Is that how you can do it? No, not directly. At the At the... Promethean, they trained me mind control. It's amazing what you can do if you concentrate hard enough. I'm afraid I can't, that's all I can tell you right now. Because you don't really know how to do it or because you're not allowed? Mm, both. Who taught you? Special teachers, said Benjamin vaguely. Experts. Can you teach me? Sorry, nor, no can do, old chum. Well, is mind reading more like reading or seeing? Max Ernest asked with more of a hint of dis desperation. Can you at least tell me that? This question had been plaguing Max Ernest ever since the book on the second site had, of, if mind reading was a thing, it was kind of reading, then there was hope. But if it meant that there was a code he might have to crack, if it meant that mind reading was, <sighs> was truly a sort of second thought, Sight, he wasn't sure how he would go about it. Hmm, Benjamin paused. You have to see words to read them, right? Not if you're blind and you're reading Braille. Then you touch them, Max Ernest pointed out. Or if somebody could spell the words for you out loud, then you could be hearing it at first. And I don't even know how two brothers spelled the words for each other. Smell signals, how about that? How about that, echoed Benjamin Blake. So, 
Which is it then? Do you look into somebody's mind or do you read it? Benjamin suggested both. Mm, neither. It's hard to hard to explain. To say that Max Ernest was frustrated is an understatement. Here, here at last was somebody with a proven ability to read minds. But he, Max Ernest, was no closer to himself than being able to read Cass's mind. Ah, he thought, what am I going to do? Well, I could do it for you, said Benjamin calmly. I mean, if you'd like. Max Ernest almost jumped. He was so startled. He was going to have to be more careful of his thoughts in the future. Benjamin laughed. Don't worry, I don't usually look into people's minds without their permission. Or read them, I mean. I consider it very impolite. Okay, so you really think you could read Cass's mind, even if she's in a coma? Benjamin smiled. I can try. Would you? Asked Master. Asked Max Ernest, a flicker of hope lightning in his eyes. I'm really, really scared that she's not going to wake up. Pietro, uh, somebody I know thinks getting into her head is the only way. Benjamin removed his monocle and examined it carefully. There are a lot of people around. There are a lot of people around in a hospital. That might be a problem. I think what might be best if we were alone with her. We could get her. We can get in after hours. There are still night nurses around and janitors and stuff. But it would be easier if we got a few minutes by ourselves. The problem is we won't be allowed in because we're not family. We could get. We could create a diversion, suggested Benjamin, and then slip when they're not looking. That could work. What if we cut off the electricity in the hospital or, or wait for a few minutes for the darkness to give us cover and we'd have time to get to her room? Max Ernest shook his head too hard. How do we even cut off the, the backup generators? Besides, there are patients on life support machines and we don't want to kill anyone, do we? Benjamin furrowed his brow as if it were the real question. No, I suppose not. I could pretend I could be having an epileptic fit. Then all the nurses would have come help, have to help me. And then you could sneak into Cass's room. How about that? I've seen a couple epileptic fits before. I think I can make it look pretty realistic. Benjamin looked impressed. I think that's a capital idea. Max Ernest's heart sank. Oh, wait. Then I wouldn't be able to be in the room with you for... Forget it. You know, I hate to say it, but that might be better, said Benjamin hesitantly. Not an extra brainwaves to dis... No extra brainwaves to distract me. Believe me, you got a lot of brainwaves. I do, asked Max Ernest, curious. Benjamin nodded his head. Most I've ever seen. Hmm, I guess that makes sense, said Max Ernest. Flattened, not to brag or anything, but I always have a ton of thoughts in my head, and sometimes it drives me crazy. I know the feeling. Benjamin extended his hand. So it's a deal then? It's a deal. They shook hands and solemnly as jewel thieves planning a heist Later, as they discussed the final details drawing and drawing floor plans, diagramming the exit strategies, Max Ernest wondered if what he was doing was very wise. Saving Cass was supposed to be his job, after all, not Benjamin's. Pietro hadn't said anything to him about anybody else going inside of Cass's head. But what if Benjamin saw something that saw something he shouldn't see? Cass hunting for the secret. If she found it, would it be visible or readable or whatever the word was to Benjamin? Benjamin pushed, Max Ernest pushed the thought aside. Benjamin might be listening. Not only that, Benjamin was on the other side, hard to be. The midnight sun had kidnapped him and nearly sucked out his brain. Cass and Max Ernest had rescued him from fate worse than death. If Benjamin suspected that the operation mine 
read was anything had anything to do with the ongoing battle between the Turkish society and the midnight sun, he would only be inspired to help out that much more. As for the secret... Because he literally kidnapped him. Yeah. As, and shaved his head. It was weird. As for the secret, there is no reason to believe that Benjamin had ever heard of it. And by some quirk of the fate of Benjamin had found the secret in Cass's head, chances were he'd have no idea what the consequences would be elf. after all. Yeah. Mac, besides, Max Ernest half acknowledged himself. It would be nice feeling to have a partner again and a friend. He didn't want it to end. I must say it was a stroke of bad luck what Max Ernest didn't know to look at his email that afternoon. As it turns out, at that very moment that Max Ernest and Benjamin were shaking hands, Yo-Yoji was replying to the email Max Ernest had written about Benjamin. There is a subject line of, Dude, you'd better read this right now. Unfortunately, Max Ernest wouldn't see Yo-Yoji's message until late that night. Of course, I could reproduce it for you, but I think it's best that you experience this event in the same order Max Ernest did. This book is much more fun that way, at least for me. For you, I imagine that it makes this book much more stressful. Okay, I wonder if he's part of the Midnight Sun now or something. This book, Benjamin, because as he was, as that happened, as they were shaking hands, mm-hmm. Max Ernest received an email from Yoyoji. Remember, he's in Ch- Japan with his parents for two months. Mm-hmm. In the email, the line said, dude, you've got to read this right now. So it's probably about Benjamin being a part of the Midnight Sun. Or maybe they created somebody that looked like Benjamin. Anyways, all right, let's get going, girly. Bye. Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five.